Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, today um, we have a very special guest from Kajang Slango. His name is Ridzwan Rahim. Um, he's a former New Straits Times journalist and um, he's completed a very, very interesting feat um, swimming between Perhentian Island and Bersut Trunganu in Malaysia, which is uh, 17 kilometers in total. Um, well, we believe he's the first one to actually uh, swim in such a route. And, um, and he's looking at rectifying the swim with the Marathon Swim Federation in the US in San Francisco. So today he's graciously agreed to give us his time to um, allow us to pick his brain to find out what it's like to swim for nine hours straight in deep ocean water in Malaysia. So hi, Ritzwan Rahim. It's been a long time. How are you? Welcome to the show. (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you you for having me on your show. No worries. Um, This has been great that you've done a swim like this during COVID. You managed to, you know, break all the barriers and still do this. So we just want to have a chat with you and find out um, from the start, like, you know, how did this like happen? When, at what age did you start swimming, you know? And, how, and also basically, the, how long have you been a swimmer? Uh, I actually started uh, learning to swim as an adult. I, I was never a swimmer. <clears throat> it was only when I was uh, 32 years old that I started taking swim lessons. And that too only because I took up scuba diving. So we started with scuba diving. I actually became a diver first and then I took up swimming. So that was a bit unconventional. Anyway, my uh, scuba instructor, he insisted that I learn to swim because he said that it's not right if you're a diver and uh, you cannot swim. That happens quite a lot, apparently. People who who rely on their scuba gear when when they dive. So he didn't want that. And so he taught me to swim uh, in about, I think about two months, I could swim comfortably at the pool doing laps. Okay. So I've been swimming uh, for the past 12 years. So past 12 years. All right. Um, yep. And um, how did the, so it was, I'm, I'm presuming you swam in um, swimming pools and then you graduated, yeah, yeah. You graduated yes. into open water swimming, right? How did the transition happen? Was it easy? Because salt water is not easy to swim with, swim in, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened was uh, I was swimming regularly at the pool and then there was this friend from Australia who was living in KL at the time. His name was Dave Cousins. He heard about my swims and uh, he challenged me to, uh, to join an open water swim event from Kapas Island to mainland. Uh, that's the, uh, the distance is 6.5 kilometers. At the time, that was the only open water swim event in Malaysia. If, if you wanted to do Open water swimming, open water swimming. That's you basically have to do that. There was no other uh, shorter events, uh, and so uh, I I said yes to his challenge, but uh, I knew that I had to do something uh, to correct first of all to correct my stroke, and also to learn. Like you said, it's not the same swimming in the pool and swimming in the open sea. So I managed to find a, a coach who, who uh, coach uh, triathletes. Yeah, his name was uh, Steve Lumley. 
and I trained with him for three months to prepare for for my kapas marang swim. And uh, yeah, basically uh, that was how I started. I I started my first event was six point five kilometer swim in the open sea. But at that time, I was already comfortable being out in the open sea because I was a scuba diver. So it wasn't it wasn't reckless at all. It was it was okay. It was fine. So that was the one, the swim that got you interested in other swims, right? So you've gone, like, you basically traveled the world to swim. You've even gone to the yeah. US. And I think you're the first Malaysian, right, to do that whole stretch in, um, was it Al- Alcatraz or something like that? Was it? Alcatraz, yeah. yeah. Tell us yeah, about uh, that. So, okay. Um, I went, yeah, after that, I went to, I heard about uh, this event in San Francisco called Shark Fest at the dress. Actually, I joined the swim because I thought the name was funny. <laughs> but then um, after I signed up, God, I paid so much already, right? For the for the for the registration, and I thought I made a mistake already at the time. But then because of the how much I spent on the registration, I thought I better do something about this. Um, it was difficult because we don't we didn't have uh, such a thing as uh, cold water swimming in Malaysia. There's nowhere that we had, you know I could I could training in cold water. So I had to come up with unconventional training methods for for cold water. Uh, and also I, I read a lot of articles, you know, about things like hypothermia and all this, all the dangers of swimming in, in cold water. And also I borrowed a wetsuit from, from a friend who has got triathlon. Um, yeah, so this was, I mean, I took all the safety measures that I could, but I was going there on my own, alone. Um, then I went there, and then I discovered that, okay, actually the swim wasn't that far, it was just about 2.5 kilometers. And then if you wear wetsuit, there's actually the very low uh, probability of developing hypothermia, so it was fine really. And there were, it was a big event, 800 participants from all over the world, but I was the only one from Malaysia. Mm. Yeah. So when, when you have so many people swimming in in the sea, actually, it wasn't too bad. No, 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 not as scary as you thought. So, how did you find out about the event through Google search or what? Uh, I can't remember. I think I just saw it somewhere online. I, I really can't remember. But I just saw, and then I decided to to sign up for it. So, in total, how many open waters have you done before attempting the Perhentian Channel? Oh, so many. I don't. I don't keep track actually, but I, I only know I've done Shark Fest Alcatraz twice. Uh, that one time, the first one was in 2016. Then, uh, then the following year, I did it again, but uh, this time without using a wetsuit. So I wanted to see what it was like. And again, it was fine, but it was a short swim. So there was, there was no, uh, definitely no, no danger of hypothermia. But uh, the other swims that I've done, I've done swims in Thailand. Uh, I've done swims in Ecuador when, when I went uh, backpacking in South America. Um, where else? Yeah, those three countries basically. Okay. And of course in Malaysia, there were so many, so many swims. So probably about 40 swims, 40 open waters? Probably, yeah. uh, probably, probably. Okay. So I just wanted to ask you, how do you keep because I swim on salt water and it's really tiring after a few strokes because you know the current and then you know but mostly when you're on the in salt water right you have to do freestyle because that's the best stroke right so how do you keep yourself 
uh, going and you know fighting the tiredness to swim you know long distance what what is the trick what is the tip or whatever uh, okay I, i think the biggest worry that people have about swimming in the sea is cramping yeah? cramping in the leg your leg cramp uh, so actually if you if you have proper training in open water swimming you don't kick so much it's not it's not like what some people do at the pool they kick vigorously in open water swimming we rely mostly on our upper body strength so the kicks are just very slight and just to be to be like so that way uh, you are very unlikely to develop cramp in the legs secondly you need to um before you go to the open water you need to be able to swim be comfortable with swimming laps at the pool you know, uh, one way to gauge if you are ready for open water is see if you can do a one mile swim at the pool in under 40 minutes that's that's a good that's uh, I, i find that a lot of uh, uh, swim event organizers they use that mm-hmm. as a benchmark mm-hmm. if you can do that if you can do one mile at the pool in under under 40 minutes you're basically good for open water swim that means you are able to to uh, keep your uh, stamina you 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 control your breathing and then you don't cramp so yeah that's that's a good uh, indicator okay what what else is there just those two and um uh, other than that okay let me see do you need to practice like every like you know oh yeah uh, every regularly. week go to the to the pool and no, not every uh, i would say maybe three or four times a week mm. yeah three or four times a week uh, we're we not talking about doing a 17 18 kilometer swim here we, we're just talking about uh, like a normal water swim event in the sea if you can if you're already swimming three to four times a week and each time you swim you do between two to four kilometers at the pool it's, al- it's already good enough okay. if you can do that means your your stamina is good water swimming another important um, skill to have for open water swimming is called sighting because in the pool you have uh, the, the the line at the bottom to guide you yeah to swim straight right? in the sea no such thing so you need to do sighting which means you need to partially lift your head out of the water uh, enough for you to see what's what's in front that's how you keep track of where you're going in open water swimming If you don't, you need to do this regularly enough. Otherwise, you'll be swimming in zigzag oh. and, and covering longer distances than necessary. Okay. All right. So let's go to the whole feet perhentian channel first and foremost. Right. I wanted to find out with you why perhentian. Why you chose this route? You know, like uh, was there like a, and how long did you research on this and made? You know, how long was the planning and everything? <coughs> okay. I actually. <coughs> sorry. In 2017, I had already done a swim around the Perhentian, the Big Island, that was 16 kilometers. So I knew at the time that okay, I I shouldn't have any problem covering this distance, 16 kilometers, you know. And it took me seven hours, which was pretty slow. But I knew then that I could last a long time in the water. So I I don't I didn't have any worry about long distances. And since that year, because I travel to Perhentian a lot. Every time I travel there, I would be wondering if it was possible to swim from Perhentian Island to mainland because 
nobody had done that that swim before. How did, I, sorry, sorry, I stopped you there. How did you know that no one had done it? Did you call and did you because, speak to the locals? Yeah, or? again, again, because uh, the marathon swimming community in Malaysia is, is such a small group. It's very close-knit. So if anyone had done the swim, we would have known. Okay. You know, the, the people, the, the divers, the, the resorts in, in Bantian, they all knew what's going on in the island. So if anyone had done the swim, the word will, will come to us for sure. Hmm. Yeah, so that's, that's how we knew. That's how I knew that uh, it was it had never been done before. But when I spoke to my friends who, who were also marathon swimmers, uh, nobody was interested to do the swim. <laughs> so I was quite surprised. Eh? But my guess was, um, of course, some of them thought it was dangerous because they thought there are big sharks in the water. Uh, I know that this is not the case because you know, I've, I've done scuba diving. So I have some ideas of what's underneath our waters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then maybe some of them thought it was uh, possible because of the because they, they imagined there were strong currents, mm. big waves, mm. and also another reason maybe because it's not very interesting because there's nothing much nothing interesting to see along the way oh. in the in the big uh, in the middle of the South China Sea. Uh-huh. You don't see anything. Yeah. But if you swim around the island, you could at least see. Turtles, you could see sharks, you could see all kinds of fish. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more scenic, more interesting. So these are the reasons why uh, I think people didn't want to do this swim. Okay. Uh, yeah. Interesting, you mentioned sharks. I thought Malaysia didn't have sharks. <laughs> Especially we do, we do. Oh. Yeah, we have, uh, but our sharks are small. Oh. Uh, the black tip, the white tip, uh, those kind of sharks. We, we don't have great whites. We don't have uh, sand tiger sharks. Because these sharks require cold water. Mm-hmm. Our, our water is too warm for them. Oh. So we don't have that. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So again, I wanted to ask you about your Corinthian channel. So why the need to execute it during COVID? Like when you had yeah. all the restrictions, the MCO, uh, for people not knowing what MCO stands for, it's actually Movement Control Order, where the Malaysian government, um, this allows people to go out, yeah. right? Uh, without a permit and you know being in Kajang you had to like ask a police permit you had to go through so much of trouble to go to a, a different state in Trunganu to complete the feat so yeah. couldn't you have wait like you know like wait until things get like you know the dust settles you know but, but what what was the hurry okay basically the I did it because the time was right the time wasn't perfect but it was right what, what I mean by the time was right uh, last year in September during a family trip to Basut. I, uh, okay, before that, I have to tell you that there's this uh, island near the mainland called Ru Island, R-H-U, Ru Island, which is about 2.5 kilometers from, from mainland. So I, I've been, for, since I was little, I, I had always wondered whether it was possible to swim that, to that island. So during this family trip to Basut last year in September, I thought, okay, maybe I'll just go and try the swim since I didn't have anything else to do anything. I managed to track down a local kayaker. Uh, everyone there called him Abe P. Abe is brother. So, yeah, brother P. He, and then I asked him to escort me to the island. I wanted to swim. He, yeah, I thought he was, he was surprised when I told him I wanted to swim there because he said people have tried swimming there before but no, nobody has succeeded. Yeah, I told him, okay, let's just try and see how it goes. So it turned out that the swim was easy. Pleasant, very pleasant swim. Uh, it was like swimming in a big pool. Oh. Um, 
Yeah, I, I didn't have any problem at all. I, I got there, I got to the island in about one hour, and then I came back in even faster. Under under one hour. So I thought, on top of that, he also told me that he had done kayaking from Perhentian Island to mainland. He covered around 17.3 kilometers. So when I heard that, I thought, okay, these are the signs. <laughs> like, yeah, I've been wondering about the doing the swim, and then I met this guy, mm-hmm. and then he told he told me he has done kayaking. So I thought, okay, this is definitely a sign. I have to do this swim. But I didn't tell him at the time. Mm. I, I didn't tell him right away because I didn't want to freak him out. Mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, and in uh, November, uh, a few months after that, I I started assembling my team. Mm. And I started training, and then I told T about my intention to swim. Oh, yeah. What was so his I reaction thought, then? <laughs> he was of course he was he was surprised. He was surprised that uh, anyone wanted to do this swim because uh, generally people in Basut don't swim open water. It's something that they think is, is dangerous. Mm. So nobody dared to try it. And uh, I was going to try swimming 17, 18 <laughs> kilometers. So, but but he went ahead, uh, he went along with my plan anyway, mm. because, you know, I just needed him to escort me on a kayak, mm. which, which is something that he's already competent in. Mm. So he, he could, definitely he could do that. Then I told him that I'll, I'll get uh, the other crew member <coughs> on board. You know, these are people who are competent in, you know, people who could, help help uh, save me in case I get into trouble. Um, so yeah, that was the basically the trigger that meeting P was the trigger for me to decide that I have to do this swim and I, I couldn't wait. Anyway, I feel like this pandemic that we are in, right, you're probably going to be, be with us for the next few years. Yeah. So I figured that we better learn to live with it mm. and then we, we work with whatever we have. Mm. We try to do what, whatever we want to do. Mm and work with whatever we have. So, you know, it was not easy, like you said, to get travel permit mm. to, to, to travel interstate, right? Mm-hmm. I had to approach the police. Mm. But through, I mean, some creative solutions, I had, mm. we managed to get that. So, I, I but till today, I, I consider it a miracle that uh, my team and I managed to get to the island to do this swim. I, I still feel a bit surreal about yeah. it. Well, almost one month, yeah. well done, well done. So can you yeah. tell me the kind of mental preparation you needed to have for such a swim? Because uh, maybe for you it will be different because you are a, you're not green, you're not, you know, you're, you're a very experienced swimmer. So maybe what preparations did you have to go through for this swim since it wasn't done before? Some, did you do anything different from the previous swims? Uh, okay, if, if I want to talk... Okay, um, maybe the, the swim itself wasn't the difficult part. The, the, the more difficult part was planning, especially given all the restrictions you know, during this pandemic. A lot of things could have, could have derailed our plan. So that was, that was the scary part, actually. After you've invested so much time, so much money, so much energy in training, and then it will, it, 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 if it all goes down the drain, then I'll be quite depressed. Huh? But uh, so that was a big scare, not even the swim. The swim... I've already done long swim, so I wasn't so scared about the swim itself. Um, I think, in terms of training, the difficult part was okay. I I worked with a, with my coach to to train for this. He actually got me to swim slower than mm-hmm. my normal pace, but swim slower but hold the same pace throughout the whatever how many kilometers that he told me to swim at the pool. The longest that we did at the pool was 13 kilometers. 
So I was supposed to swim at a slower pace, 14 kilometers. That was a challenge. And I discovered that it was it took like six months, eh, sorry, six hours. It was so boring, so tedious. You know, going back and forth, back and forth in the pool. On top of that, during that training, when I, when I swam with my friends, my, my squad mates, I discovered that my pace was fixed and that I, I couldn't keep up with them. I, I was this slow swimmer who couldn't keep up with my, my lane mates. So I thought yeah, it was quite, quite depressing also at the time. But then I had to remind myself that I was doing a temporary project. After this project is done, I, will, I can reset my, my swim pace and hopefully I can, I can keep up with my, my uh, training mates again. Yeah, so I would say that was the mental preparation that I had to. Yeah, it was it was different. It was different. I, I wasn't scared about the, the the big the actual big swim. Yeah. did he want you to swim slower so that you would conserve your energy and not get tired? Exactly. Oh, okay. Exactly. Yes, that was the plan. Exactly because the this wasn't a race. Mm. We just wanted to cross from Brentian to mainland. So, mm. however long it it, it will take, mm. I will do it. Mm. I, I didn't have uh, any particular cut-off time, mm. so to speak. So, so he figured I must be able to last a very long time in the water. And in, in case I encounter current and mm. the current pushed me back, mm, mm, mm. so I, I, I had to be prepared for this sort of challenges. It's less to do with speed, more about how long I can stay in the water. Okay, got of course, uh, the interesting part about this training, I didn't feel any pain or soreness mm. in my muscles. Mm during the swim. So that, I find that to be quite incredible. Yeah. yeah, that's good. So I wanted to move on, like, it's a long swim, right? Nine hours. How much, how long was it? Eight hours or eight uh, hours? Yeah, eight hours, 56 minutes, 30 seconds. Okay, you did say that they would feed you, they would give you snacks like uh, banana, and then you would drink water, and then biscuits. You'll have biscuits, right? That Ipo. Uh... Uh, yes, yeah. Energy bar. Yeah, energy bar. So, what happens uh, if you need to go for number one and number two while you're swimming, <laughs> right? Do you let go in the sea, or, or, or is it because you know you stop somewhere, you stop, you did have a break, right? In the swim, or is it, was it like eight? No, straight, no. Straight out. Nine hours straight in the, uh, in the water. I was in the water for, for almost nine hours. Okay, uh, yeah, so how, did, how does it go? Be, or do you clear out everything before you start swimming? And then, you know, I don't know, I mean, try and explain it as uh, at least as least disgusting as possible, please. But, you know, but it's an interesting thing to know. Like, how do you do it? Yeah, it's a practical question. Uh, of course, you, you keep eating and drinking and you have to let go some of that. Yeah. Number one, is easy because you can do it while swimming. <laughs> 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 Nobody has to know. Uh, number two is also possible, although I've never done it. Personally, I've never done it. But uh, I've heard people who have done it. And I think I know more or less how it can be done. Because, okay, again, um, this comes back to why it's important to be able to trade water mm. and to be able to prop yourself up mm. you know, in the middle of the sea. Mm. Uh, first of all, you need to eat and drink. Mm. And secondly, in case you need to do the number two, lah, mm. um, it's yeah, it's possible to trade water and then just pull your jammers down, mm. and then uh, just do your number two. But I didn't do it because uh, <laughs> there were cameras watching me. <laughs> I, had a, I had a photography team uh, following me through, oh. throughout the swim, so so I waited until I finished 
by swim water. So, but you, what do you do? You make sure you don't eat anything heavy. You do you do? Oh, you have to you have to eat a lot before the swim. A few days before the swim, you have to basically load your body with food. Yeah? And water is water is also very important. Uh, basically, you need to hydrate yourself all the time. I throughout the two to three months uh, training for this swim, I made it a habit to drink plain water at home. Every every time I I pass uh, the kitchen, I would drink some water. Drink some water. So I made it a habit. Hydration is very important, uh, and hydration has to occur before the swim, not not the swim during the swim itself. Before. Hmm, yeah. Okay. Why is hydration important? Because uh, when you are swimming, you don't realize you are losing. You are actually sweating, but you don't. You don't realize it. Oh. You don't. Yeah. You don't. You don't feel. Even you swim the pool, you you don't feel you are sweating. But actually, you are sweating a lot. And mm. in the sea, you cannot drink sea water. It's it's dangerous. Mm. At least if you swim at a lake, if you are desperate, you can you can drink the lake water. You can take a sip of it. But in the sea, you cannot. So you have to make sure that your your body is properly hydrated. Alrighty. So okay, was this hundred percent sponsored by you? This whole feed, this whole Perhentian channel, or did you get a sponsor? And I was just wondering if you could share with the view. I mean, the listeners, like how much to organize such a feed, such a event. You know. It was hundred percent. I I covered all the costs for this because this had. Always been something that I wanted to do, and I had some savings, so I yeah, it was the right time to do this, uh, and I was prepared to spend yeah. But although I would not review the actual cost that I spent on on my trip because I think it will shock a lot of people <coughs> because it will be expensive because I I brought along a photography team after all, mm-hmm. and then I covered the accommodation, the food, or and also the transportation cost of of my entire team. Basically, they just had to show up and do the work. Mm. That's all. But if uh, my I have a few friends and I have been talking about organizing uh, this swim for others who might want to do it, we have come to a ballpark figure of around three thousand ringgit. I think that's that's a fair amount for people to pay for for to do this kind of swim mm. and with with the proper escort with medical. Support, uh, with kayak support, yeah, and and of course, uh, accommodation. Yeah. Is it one day affair? Is it a one day thing? You can. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we are for now. Uh, our benchmark is nine hours. Since oh. I did the swim in nine hours, so everyone else will have to beat this time. <laughs> I, which I think is actually quite easy because it's I consider it a very slow time. I'm I'm not a fast swimmer. I'm a. I consider myself an average swimmer, so I like that. That is the reason why I use myself also for this experiment, because if I if I can do this, and I do it in nine hours, mm-hmm. I figured uh, so many of my friends who who do this sort of marathon swim, they are much tr- stronger swimmers than me. So for sure they can do. Uh, you know, I I know that in this kind of uh, distance, people can do in about six hours, seven hours. Quite, it's quite common. All right. Nine hours is is considered slow. But you needed yeah. to do that to conserve your energy, right? You needed to. Yes, mm. yes, yes. Yeah. So basically, uh, uh, a lot of people they can go faster, uh, but using the same effort level, that's a trick. Okay. 
Yeah. All right. So, uh, your advice to those wanting to follow your footsteps, like they want to um do open water swimming, they have like a lot of reservations. Number one, they're scared. Number two is like you know, um, even scuba diving also freaks them out. You know. So for all these people who are on the fence, like what would be your advice? Actually, if if people have, since you mentioned scuba diving, I think that's one of the best things to to. Best way to prepare for a open water swim because if you <coughs> if you if you can scuba if you can you take up scuba diving and so at least you have a good idea of what's underneath the water when you dive you, you so when you swim you are not so scared anymore because you already know. Secondly, uh, as a scuba diver, you you learn to get comfortable in the open sea. Uh, unlike you know, say if you just train at the pool, swimming at the pool. And uh, you know, you hope to get comfortable in the open sea. That's quite a big leap. Also, the other thing that I was thinking about yesterday, when you, when you gave me this this question, actually, I think scuba diving, because you learn to have you have you tried scuba diving? Have you done? No, it freaks me out, and a lot of people are. <laughs> actually, one uh, one thing you do in scuba diving, you don't use your arms for propulsion, but you use you control your movements using your the air in your lungs. You, that's how you control your movement, your your buoyancy. Mm-hmm. So I have been thinking that could be why I'm able I'm able to trade water easily in the sea because I know how to control my buoyancy mm-hmm. using the 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 air in my lungs. I keep I keep some air in my lungs, and that's how I'm able to float easily in the sea. So yeah, I would say anyone who has an opportunity to try scuba diving or take up scuba diving, that could be a good way to become a. Uh, compete, a good uh, open water swimmer uh, comfortable you can swim comfortably but other than that again I mentioned about the you know test if you can swim one mile at the pool uh, in under 40 minutes and finally I would I would like to say uh, do not neglect to equip yourself with water trading skills so the, I can see now that the trend uh, the tow floats or some people call them safety boys. They are becoming popular in open water swimming. You know those floats that that people tie to their waist, bright colored. So it's that is becoming popular. So a lot of people thought they don't have to learn to drink water in in order to do open water swimming. I think that's dangerous. I think you cannot. You shouldn't rely on your toe You should learn to drink water. Then you'll be able to to get comfortable in the open sea. Alrighty, alright. So that's all the time we have for today, Ritzwan. Thanks for imparting your knowledge with us and giving us all the tips uh, in doing this. And we are so excited and we hope to see more swimming feats from you, hopefully in the near future. And um, Daily Straits would like to thank you again for taking your time and speaking with us today. You're welcome. Thank you.